0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The Greater Union. It's the new book by Ron Horsley, and I'm really happy to be talking about it with him here now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ron, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me, Corey. The Greater Union. Congratulations for having this out now in stores. Can you tell me what it's about? Yeah,
1: so... About 160 years from today, in the aftermath of man's fall from an advanced alien race, an overpopulated militarized society rises from America's ashes to become one of the few advanced megacities left on Earth. It's against this backdrop a domestic terror attack thrusts a disillusioned war veteran into a conspiracy that threatens to finish what our alien conquerors began. Hmm.
0: What sorts of readers would you think would be really into this? You know, any science fiction fan... But in all honesty, given
1: some of the language and situations, I wouldn't recommend it for small children.
0: So you got to tell me, where would you get the idea for this?
1: You know, I've always loved science fiction. And what ended up happening, too, is a few years back, I saw one of those graphic PETA videos of research animals in captivity. Mm. And, you know, the thought dawned on me, hey, what if those were actually humans instead of animals? And so, you know, it kind of snowballed from there.
0: Mm. Uh, What's your writing background look like? Have you ever done anything like this before?
1: No, you know, this is my first novel. But you know, when I started out, I read a book on how to write many years ago, I optioned my first movie treatment, which was a buddy action story. Hmm. Then I graduated to actually writing spec screenplays. And I sold a sci fi comedy pitch a few years back. So that's kind of my background.
0: Was The Greater Union something that took you a long time to write?
1: Actually, it took me a long time. You know, as a first novel, you know, it's very different than writing a screenplay. I also work as a uh, commercial real estate broker here in town. So, you know, it took me two years off and on to write this thing. And then it took me another year to get it published. So, but, you know, you've got to pay the bills, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. But there's nothing like seeing that final product. What was that moment like for you when you got to hold the first copy of this in your hands? Wow. Well,
1: I'll tell you, first, it was a sense of accomplishment. Then, you know, pride to be able to call myself a published author. Mm -hmm. And now that it's actually out in the public, uh, you know, a little bit of fear.
0: So do you have any advice now for those looking to embark on this journey of getting their first book out and going through that publishing thing for the first time?
1: Yeah, you know, just keep writing because uh, you never know where the journey will take you. You know, it's all about the journey.
0: Mm -hmm. So, Ron, what's next for you? Have you given any thought to another book, more publishing? You know, I'm always writing, Corey,
1: and yeah, there's a lot of stories to be told.
0: Ron, who inspires you when it comes to your writing and your life and your creativity?
1: In terms of writing this book, my mom did. Unfortunately, she wasn't around to see the finished product. I'm sorry. You know, it's my mom and and my fiance and, you know, my family and friends. They've been very, very supportive. So there's a lot of inspiration to go around.
0: Now, Ron, are you the kind of writer who knows what's going to happen from beginning to end? Or are you the kind of writer that sort of gets an idea, starts writing and sees where it goes from there?
1: You know, a little bit of both. It just depends on the stories I come up with. But, you know, in terms of The Greater Union, I had an idea of where I wanted the story to go. I actually didn't know where it was going to end until I was about halfway through the first draft.
0: Mm. And is this the kind of reading that you find yourself drawn to when you're looking to sit down and take in a book?
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm into science fiction a lot. The different possibilities, you know, you can just come up with stuff out of thin air. So, you know, and at times it's very therapeutic as well.
0: And it hits pretty much every author at some point, and it's writer's block. So what do you do when it hits you?
1: <laughs> well, in all honesty, a beer in a joint usually does the trick.
0: Absolutely. Do you have a routine that you get into? You know, maybe you got a chair that you like to write in. Maybe you got a room. Maybe you get a cup of coffee and a joint or something like that. Or do you just sort of write whenever the inspiration takes you?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, but that beer comes in handy with that joint, I'll tell you. But, mm. you know, I sit down, I have a desk, you know, and I usually have a blank wall in front of me. It just kind of helps me be a little more creative.
0: Hmm. And something I don't think a lot of people realize when they get into publishing is the importance of the cover. So can you tell me about the thought that went into that?
1: Yeah, you know, so I have to give a big shout out to Oleg, who's a very talented graphic artist from Kazakhstan. You can find him on uh, Fiverr.com. Great guy. Very talented.
0: Ron's book is called The Greater Union. It's written by Ron Horsley, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you go shopping for books, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Ron, thank you again for stopping by the show. I had a great time learning about the Greater Union and just really nice time talking with you.
1: Yeah, pleasure's all mine, Corey. And you can also find it at my website, rhorsley.com. That's and dot ycom Pleasure to be here.
0: I would like to welcome author Cheryl Ann to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Cheryl, thank you so much for being here with me tonight.
2: And thank you for having me.
0: I'd like to congratulate you on your new book. It's in stores right now. It's God's Story, second edition. So can you tell me all about it?
2: God's Story, second edition. It's an inspiring book about how Jesus made a difference in a single mom's life, of all her personal struggles, then all the negativity, Everything crumbling down around her and just everything in her life was crumbling, including her family's life, and she had nowhere to turn. And this tells how she finds hope, strength, and faith and stays focused on Jesus and God's word, overcoming the obstacles in her life and finding victory and blessing through her personal relationship with Jesus Christ and walking into his unfailing love and his eternal help.
0: Cheryl, where did you get the inspiration for this story and then to release it to the world?
2: Well, my girls Hmm. persuaded me to write the book. My two daughters, Nicole and Stacey, God must have talked to them because they kept pushing me and pushing me. Mom, you've got to write. Mom, you've got
3: to write the book. You've
2: got to write the book, you know? And I prayed about it, and next thing you know, I'm writing the book. You know what I mean? Mm. And they kept saying, you need to encourage others, because you've got to tell others what God did in our life. You have to tell them.
0: What kinds of readers do you think would really be into God's story, second edition?
2: Okay, even though this book is about a single mom, and her struggles, I honestly think anybody who's going through personal struggles, regardless of what they are, any reader might be that reader who's going through something and just needs that one word of encouragement. As they begin to read the book, they'll have a positive influence that takes place inside of them and they'll see how Jesus made a difference in our life. Even though it's about single a mom, it's for everyone. Mm.
0: Cheryl, have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing a book or being published?
2: No, this was my very first book.
0: Congratulations. Uh, Did it take you a long time to do this? It took me a year. Hmm. It took me a full year. I'm sure it was quite the learning experience. What advice could you offer now to people who are looking to do this same thing?
2: My advice to people who are looking to do the same thing, if God puts something on your heart, follow your heart. Mm. Because if you have a calling on your life, listen to that still small voice inside of you and answer the call that God put on your life because God knows the end from the beginning. And he has the perfect plan for each and every one of our lives. He knows what we need. He knows what we can do, and he'll guide you and lead you.
0: Well, not only is this your first published work, but it's also a very personal story to you. So what did it feel like whenever you got to hold the first copy of this in your hands?
2: It was exciting and thanking God and giving him glory because I could not have done it without him, Mm. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I remember thanking God that he talked to my girls to encourage me to write the book and to continue writing. It was just the most exciting moment that God did this through me and that I could share with the world the glory of God.
0: Mm. Cheryl, have you given any thought to writing another book, maybe being published more in the future?
2: Yes, I do have a second book already done, and I am on writing my fourth book. And not only that, I have a sequel coming to my fourth book.
0: Wow. So whenever you get writer's block, uh, how do you get through that and get writing again?
2: A lot of prayer and there's times where I will just like say, okay, God, I don't know what, what, what you want me to say. I don't know where you want me to lead. Talk to me, tell me what to do. Give me research, and I just start looking through the Bible. I start looking through different scriptures and stuff, and then all of a sudden, it just clicks.
0: The title of the book is God's Story, 2nd Edition. It's written by Cheryl Ann, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you go shopping for your books, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Cheryl, thanks again for coming by the show. I had a really great time talking with you.
2: And I had a great time also, and I thank you for having me.
0: Sitting down with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author D.R. Osborne, Jr. Don, thank you for joining me tonight.
4: Thank you so much, Corey, for inviting me. I feel privileged.
0: I'm really happy to have you here. I just wanted to congratulate you on having your new book out in stores right now. It's called You Can't Fall Out of a Hole, Ripping the Band-Aid Off of Our Addiction Epidemic. So could you tell me about your book? Sure. I'm a recovering
4: alcoholic, Corey, and I sobered up 46 years ago when I was a very young man. And I got a graduate degree. I've got two, two masters and a doctorate. And I wound up in the field as an addictions therapist, and then I built an addiction treatment hospital and then designed the first academic curriculum for a university in the United States to teach addictions counseling. So over the last 40 years, I've seen a terrible bend toward ignoring the things that worked in addiction treatment 45, 50 years ago, and everything moving toward substitution of one drug for another. And so this book is designed to talk about what works and what doesn't work in addiction
0: treatment. Don, what sorts of readers were you looking to reach with this? Well,
4: interestingly, interested that you, you asked that. It's designed for anybody that knows, loves, or lives with an alcoholic or drug addict It's designed for alcoholics and drug addicts themselves who are looking for the best treatment they can find because all treatment is not equal. And it's designed for the people who provide treatment services to take a look at what they are missing from what really worked in the past and has been discarded, not because it no longer worked, but because there is new ways of looking at it. And the things that are going on today have about one half the treatment efficacy that treatment had 45, 50 years ago. Wow, Corey, the thing that we see is that treatment today for addictions cannot demonstrate that they have any more than at best, at best, a 30% success rate that lasts up to a year. Whereas the other way of doing it, (laughs) that's how that really works had about a 70 to 85% success rate for at least three years out that the studies conducted on it showed. So I think the public needs to hear this.
0: Well, Don, you've been in this field now for a number of decades. When it comes to writing a book and publishing, have you ever done this before?
4: Yes. In 2012, I published a book that was mostly personal philosophy. It was more of a vanity press, I think it would be described as. This was the first serious book that I've ever had published.
0: Mm. Did it take you a long time to complete and then get out there in stores? It did. A couple of years. Mm. Worked on it, went back, rewrote it, put it aside, went back and rewrote some more.
4: (laughs) And I sought the input of other people in the field, other people that had been in the field for at least 30 years that knew what I was talking about in order to get their perspective as well.
0: Oh, that's really wise of you to do. Uh, Any other words of advice that you could give to authors who are listening, who are just starting out? Yeah, write about what you know. Hmm. I think often
4: people have an interest in something and they may write about it, but not really have the personal experience with it, not necessarily have a history or expertise in that area. And secondly, don't be afraid. In fact, (laughs) seek the help. Of professionals in the publishing field hmm. to do your copy editing and the kinds of things that are necessary before submitting a manuscript.
0: Well, Don, after all those years of working on this, what was that moment like for you when you got to hold the first copy of this in your hands?
4: It was satisfying, not necessarily exhilarating or thrilling, hmm. satisfying because the next step now is getting it into the hands of people that I hope will read it. When I start seeing sales, That's when I'll be excited.
0: (laughs) Don, who inspires you when it comes to the work that you do and your writing and what you create? In the book,
4: I tell the stories of a number of people's lives that I've been privileged to be a part of who didn't make it. Hmm. And a number of folks who did make it. They found recovery. And working with them in a variety of settings, I spent 10 years working behind bars with convicted felons. Hmm and gang members and so on, as well as the more traditional working like in a mental health center or an addiction treatment hospital. Hmm. And I saw some miracles happen. And those folks that went from the depths of our society and despair in their own lives to achieving miraculous recoveries, that's what thrills me. That's where I draw my inspiration.
0: Hmm. Well, this is truly an important book. It's called, You Can't Fall Out of a Hole, Ripping the Band-Aid Off of Our Addiction Epidemic. This is written by D.R. Osborne, Jr., and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, on iTunes and Google Play, and down the street at your local bookshop. Well, Don, thank you again for joining me here on the show. Thank you for the incredible work that you're doing here. I had a really nice time. Corey, thank you so much. This is a truly moving book that I'm looking at right now. It's titled Heartbeat of Love, and I'm talking about it with the author here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It's Patricia Brendel. Patricia, thank you for talking with me tonight.
5: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: Can you tell me what you've written about in Heartbeat of Love?
5: Okay, this book is about my daughter, Ellie, who battled a rare and deadly disease known as Pearson syndrome, and this disease has no cure, Mm -hmm. so basically the doctors treat symptoms only. So, this book is about a journey through her life that my family and I went through. It's her journey that takes me into my journey. So, at the time of her diagnosis, they said that there were maybe five people in the United States or five children in the United States that had this disease and maybe 10 worldwide. So, that kind of gives you an idea on how rare this disease was. So, it was a trying time for our family. But when I look back and everything that we went through, God was with us the whole time. Mm. After we lost my daughter, I needed to know that there was more beyond the grave. I knew there was, but I really had to find out that answer. So I researched. And when I researched, I researched in the Bible. And that's when I found how intimate of a relationship that you can have with God. So when you look back and look into this and what this book is about, it is about a rare disease. It's about life and death. It's about fear and faith, courage, strength, hope. And it shows you that when you are in darkness, you're never alone. It shows you that when you are in that darkness, you can come out through light. Mm.
0: Patricia, what kinds of readers were you looking to reach out to with this?
5: I'm looking to reach to anyone, to be honest with you. I believe anyone who has experienced loss, sorrow, heartache, I believe it is for anyone that has not been able to find their light through the darkness. And I believe for anyone in the medical field that it might spark an interest in the syndrome in hopes of a
0: cure. I can imagine this might have been somewhat difficult to write. Did it take you a long time?
5: It took years, Corey. Mm. (laughs) To be quite honest with you, it started when my daughter was born, but I never realized that this was where I would be now. The whole story took over 20-some years, but to actually write the process was a year. Mm-hmm. And it bridged her journey into my journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Patricia, what does your writing background look like? Have you ever tackled anything like this before?
5: No, I have not. This is my first time.
0: Oh, Congratulations on getting that first book out there. Thank you. Do you have any advice now for people who are looking to do that same thing?
5: Oh, absolutely. I would say follow your heart's desire and do not let your busy lifestyle get in the way and pray for direction. Mm.
0: Now, after all the hard work that you put into this can you tell me about the moment that you got to hold that first copy in your hands?
5: Oh, my goodness, yes. That moment was full of excitement, knowing that I finally finished this task at hand. It was like my prayers were answered and my hopes were found. It was a great sense of satisfaction.
0: And have you given any thought to maybe writing more and publishing more in the future?
5: Now well, that is a good question. I definitely have been gathering information. Mm. Let's put it that way.
0: Now, Patricia, who inspires you when it comes to your writing or your creativity or or just your life?
5: I would say through this book, my inspiration was L.A. God, my family, and my husband definitely encouraged me to write this book.
0: Mm. And now that you're a published author, what is the most rewarding aspect of that for you?
5: The most rewarding aspect of this book, I would say, are the blessings that fall with this book and how it will touch people's lives. It has certainly touched our lives, and I pray that it reaches everyone out there and touches their lives as well.
0: Now, when you were writing this, would you get into a certain routine, you had a certain maybe time and place that you like to write, or would you write more whenever the inspiration hits you?
5: It would be more when the inspiration would hit me, but to be quite honest with you, I had a journal with my daughter's disease for the progression and the relapses, which was very helpful for the doctors, but it was also helpful to me for writing this book. With that in mind, I also, after we lost our daughter, I would sit down and I wrote this big article. And it was so in-depth, Corey, that I just put it down and set it aside. Cause I thought, oh, nobody's gonna even wanna read it. It's too detailed. It's too hard. But I like I said, I always knew that I would write a book. So then one day I just I just got that urge. And I sat down on my couch in the basement and I started to write and I brought the journal out and messages started coming through and the Holy Spirit just helped me put this all together.
0: The book is called Heartbeat of Love. It's written by Patricia Brendel and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere. You go shopping for books like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick and mortar stores, everywhere. Patricia, thank you again for coming on the show. I had a wonderful time learning about your story and about the book, and I hope we can chat again sometime soon.
5: I would like that. Thank you very much, Corey.
0: Washed as White as Snow, The Life of Jesus Christ. It's the new book by Melissa N. Robertson, and I'm really happy to be talking with her about it here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Melissa, thank you very much for joining me tonight.
3: Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Congratulations on getting this book out in stores. Can you tell me all about Washed as White as Snow?
3: Washed as White as Snow, The Life of Jesus Christ, is the sequel to my first book, The Good News of Jesus Christ. And the life of Jesus Christ goes through the story of Christ himself and his time here on the earth. And then it goes into details about how to live as a Christian through the examples of Jesus Christ's life. The book is illustrated by snowflakes, real-life snowflakes, that I have found in the Larkspur, Colorado area during snowstorms. And the story focuses on how we as Christians are ultimately fishers of men to bring other people to know Christ as their Savior. Mm.
0: Melissa, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this?
3: People who are interested in knowing more about Jesus Christ. So it could be anybody from a newer Christian to somebody who's lived a Christian life their whole life, but want to dig deeper into Christ's life and who we can be through Him.
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like a lot went into this, both the writing and the photography, like you were talking about. So did this take you a long time?
3: Yes, the book took uh, approximately a year to write and edit. And then the snowflakes came as they came within that year as well.
0: So what advice could you offer to authors who are just starting out? They want to get their first book out there.
3: My advice is always to go do it. Mm. Don't let anything get in the way of writing the book and doing what you feel that you're called to do, because at the end of the day, God's going to be the one who's going to take it from there. Don't let anything stop you.
0: And there's nothing like seeing the finished product for the first time. So, Melissa, can you tell me about the moment when you got to hold this book in your hands?
3: I was very excited to get the book back in hand for the first time, fully published. It was a book that is a little longer than my first book, and it took a little more time to put it together. It's just very exciting to see that completed, finished product that's ready to go out and be an example for other people.
0: Melissa, your creations are out there for the world now. So what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author?
3: I love the aspect of having the ability to share God's love and grace with other people. One of my favorite parts about this book, the books that I write, as you mentioned, it's out there for the world, is the photography aspect as well of being able to share God's creation with people all around the world in a different light and format than what we're used to seeing.
0: So what's next? Have you given any thought to what you'll be writing and publishing down the road?
3: Yes, I have more books with the real-life snowflake photography. Mm -hmm. I have uh, another book that's in the draft process right now, and it's focused on women. It's a woman's devotional book about God's love. And I will also have some books that are more coffee table books with Scripture and snowflakes that will be coming.
0: I encourage our listeners to check out this book. It's called Washed as White as Snow, The Life of Jesus Christ. It's written by Melissa N. Robertson, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Melissa, thank you for stopping by the show. I had such a nice time talking with you.
3: Yes, thank you very much. I enjoyed it as
0: well. It's the story of family trees. The book is called Aces in the Wind, and the author is David Lee Cooper. I'm talking with David right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. David, thank you for joining me.
6: Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me, Corey.
0: It's great to have you here. Can you tell me all about Aces in the Wind?
6: Well, like you said, it's a story about family trees. And it's really about two families that lived during the 20th century. And it's all about their relationships and their hopes and dreams and what happens to them and what life dishes out and how they deal with it. And that's really why it's called Aces in the Wind, because the idea, the whole blurb, the idea of it is, you know, everybody gets dealt a uh, hand of cards. And it's what you do with that hand of cards and sometimes what the cards are themselves as to how you can live your life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it boils down to how many aces are in the wind as to how your life turns out.
0: Mm, Absolutely. David, what sorts of readers did you think would really be into aces in the wind?
6: Well, just because of the time period of the book, all during the 20th century leading up to probably the 60s, I'd say the baby boomer generation would appreciate it. Hmm. There's a lot of strong women characters in the book, so I think some women would relate to it. Anybody that's interested in strong characters living their lives, I think, would be interested in the novel.
0: David, can you think back to the time when you got the idea to sit down and write this story out?
6: Well, actually, I started writing this over 10 years ago. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't have an ending. And I wrote some of it, set it down for a long time, picked it up a couple times. And then a couple years ago, I got real serious on it. And the characters really do lead you down the path, at least on this book, they did. And I just kept adding to it and adding to it. And finally, I polished it up. And uh,
0: here it is. That's wonderful. And when it comes to writing or publishing, is this your first time doing this?
6: Yes. I had a poem published a long time ago. And I've written short stories during my lifetime, but I've never had one published in a uh, true form. And this is the first time I've had a work of this size that's published, and I'm real proud of it.
0: Yeah, you ought to be. It's quite an accomplishment. Could you tell me about that moment when you got that first copy and you got to hold it in your hands?
6: Oh, well, actually, that moment's pretty surreal because you do all this work. To lead up to this one moment and then finally you get a book in your hand and your wife takes a picture and you're like okay this is real (laughs) (laughs) but then then it sinks in in a few days
0: and a lot of our listeners now are authors just starting out so what words of advice could you offer them
6: well the main thing for me i knew how to write i've always been able to turn a phrase but once you get that work together, you really need to go over it and teach yourself how to edit because writing and editing are two different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I was able to teach myself to listen for those words that I want to do, delete out of the phrases just to make them smoother, just to make things sound better. You know, polish your work more, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Ice is in the Wind is a book that was a decade in the making. So now, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author now for you?
6: Because I have written during my whole lifetime to finally put a piece of art out there in the world. It's a pretty nifty feeling, you know, because people that I don't know are reading this piece of work that I put a lot of work into and a lot of myself into. So it's a pretty rewarding feeling because I know that, like right now, I've got neighbors reading my book. I've got people that don't know me reading the book, leaving reviews. And it's neat to be interacting with the world on that level.
0: Mm. Now looking down the road, have you thought about maybe writing more books, maybe a sequel to Aces in the Wind or maybe something a little different?
6: There could be no sequel to this thing. This <laughs> thing pretty much covered at all. <laughs> but now I am actually start writing another book. This one, I know the ending, I know the beginning, and I'm just working on the middle. I'm trying to figure out exactly, I've got some of it, but I'm just trying to figure out how it would connect it all. Hmm. So the writing process on the second book is completely different from the
0: first. Well, David, thank you for sharing your work with the world. The book is called Aces in the Wind. It's written by David Lee Cooper, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you go shopping for your books, like at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes and Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. And David, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had a really good time talking with you.
6: Hey, me too, me too. And I hope people enjoy the book. It's a good read, I believe, the page-turner and all that. <laughs> I enjoyed talking with you as well, Corey, and I hope you have a good one.
0: Forest of Mystical Creatures Beyond the Brambles. This is the new book by M.R. Myers, and I'm talking about it with her now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. M.R., thank you so much for joining me here tonight.
7: Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: Can you tell me all about Forest of Mystical Creatures Beyond the Brambles?
7: Well, it is a story about two fairy siblings. They are go out one day and find themselves lost in the middle of a mystical forest. And the book is about their adventure's home and, you know, the dangers and creatures that they find along their way.
0: Sounds like a really fun story. Uh, What sorts of readers do you think would really be into this?
7: Well, basically, I wrote it towards the age range between 6 and 12-year-olds, but I've had adult readers who have really enjoyed it as well.
0: Hmm. Where did you get the idea for the story?
7: Honestly, it was a story that I just told around a campfire one night and decided to just write it down.
0: Hmm. Have you ever done this before? Have you ever written a book or published anything?
7: No, actually, this is my first time publishing. Honestly, I've never... I'm. Written stories, you know, just for fun and whatnot. I guess I I just decided that this was a story that I had told out loud that I wanted to write down. And it just kind of got published by, I don't want to say happy, well, maybe happy accident, you know. Mm. It was never written down with intentions to be published.
0: Did that process take you a long time?
7: Yes, the publishing process is actually very long. I mean, the whole writing down the book, because it wasn't meant necessarily for publishing, Mm. it probably took me about 10 years before I actually finished the whole manuscript. Mm. You know, I just chipped away at it section by section. And then finally, one day I thought, huh, maybe I'll just, you know, submit this and see what happens. Mm. And then voila, it got accepted for publishing. So...
0: One of the first things that struck me about your book was the cover. I really love the illustrations. Can you tell me all about that?
7: Yeah, actually, they were done by a friend of mine who I met through my older brother. They went to art college together, and her name's Jeanette Ross. And we kind of just, I really liked her style. I've always liked her style of art. You know, I connected with her. I was like, hey, Jeanette, would you be interested in collaborating with me on this story? And she was really excited. So we worked together. It took us, you know, probably four months or so to get everything drawn up and finalized. And she was a great, great artist to work with. So I was really fortunate there.
0: Mm. What was it like for you then when you got to hold that first copy in your hands?
7: Uh, it was, honestly, it was very surreal. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things when, you know, when you're a kid and you have those dreams, oh, someday I'll be a published author. <laughs> um, to actually hold it was still, still today. I'm just like, wow, this really actually happened. Mm.
0: And now that you are a published author, what's the most rewarding aspect of it for you?
7: Honestly, probably self-growth. Like I said, it was one of those things that it's kind of like a childhood dream. And, you know, to actually push myself to follow through with the whole process, very rewarding, you know, just to know that, wow, you know, if you put your mind to something, you really can accomplish what you want.
1: Yeah.
0: Have you considered maybe a sequel to this or writing another kind of book in the future?
7: Yeah, actually, I do have the start of a sequel to this story, so we'll we'll see where that goes, see how, how long that one would take me. Hopefully, you know, not another 10 years, <laughs> but you know, it's just something that's cool, you know? It, it's fun and exciting all at the same time.
0: A lot of people listening right now are authors just starting out, so would you have any advice for them?
7: Have patience, you know, and keep chugging. You know, even when things get a little bit frustrating, just keep going and have that patience.
0: Can you think of who inspires you when it comes to your writing or creativity or your life in general?
7: Probably my my grandfather. He's always been a hard worker and very persistent in stuff that he, he wants to do and has always, you know, shown me that you just keep going. Things will work out the way that they need to.
0: Well, I encourage everyone to check this book out. It's called Forest of Mystical Creatures, Beyond the Brambles. It's written by M.R. Myers and is published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you go shopping for books like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. M.R., thank you again for coming on the show here tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you.
7: Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: God works in mysterious ways. And we're going to see some of those ways at work on a farm in the new book, Sarah and the Scarecrows, A Family Secret. It's written by Linda Blake, which is the pen name of Dean Blake, who I'm speaking with right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Dean, thank you for joining me.
8: It's my pleasure, Corey. Thank you.
0: Can you tell me all about the story you've told in Sarah and the Scarecrows, A Family Secret?
8: Well, it's based on the mother is taking her daughter to her grandparents' house to spend the summer. And the mother tells Sarah her story about how she encountered the scarecrows, who were actually are angels in disguise as scarecrows, because Mary prayed for them to, well, prayed to God actually, to help her family just struggling on the corn farm. And so the angels came disguised as scarecrows to help the family out, but More happened than just helping on the farm, you know, it's a story of the mother and father respecting the daughter as a child and the child respecting the parents as her authority. But also, at the end of the story, it doesn't explain it, but the family becomes more pleasing God more than they ever did, just from what happened and how things happened.
0: So can you tell me where you got the idea for this story? Was there any sort of personal experience that went into it?
8: There was not actually, but I was driving by a cornfield one day and I just saw the the huge cornfield and the idea just came to me. But I thought, you know, is this actually for me? I believe God gave me the idea. And Hmm. I told the story to my wife and she says, hey, that's a good story. Why don't you do something with it? That's how it came about. And when I was looking for a publishing company, I did not realize there was a Christian publishing company out there to do this.
0: Hmm. So, Dean, what kinds of readers do you think would really be into this kind of story?
8: Well, I think, you know, the ages of four or five to seven or nine, just because the pictures and the way that the story is, is uh, worded out. And I think they'd be interested in the title just because of where it says a family secret. That's where it's kind of intriguing to people.
0: Was incorporating the pictures and illustrations a, a tricky process?
8: Just a tad. Not too bad, though. I, I think it came along pretty well. Just told the uh, publishing company how I wanted things, and I just went along as far as the storyline to create the pictures. It just came together pretty good with the pictures.
0: Mm. Is this your first time writing or publishing a book?
8: Yes, on both. It is my first time writing and publishing a book.
0: Congratulations. It's such a huge accomplishment to do something like this. Did it take you a long time?
8: Overall, about a six- to eight-month period between submitting the story to getting it all wrapped up and done it would have probably been less time if i would have been more had things more sorted out before i submitted the story
0: Mm. what was it like for you then when you got that first copy in your hands
8: so that was very exciting you know i was just very beside myself not sure what to do and Mm. it's a hard feeling to explain really because it's nothing i've ever done before
0: Have you given any thought to doing it again, writing more books and getting more published?
8: Yes, I have. I want to write a second book of a second chapter to this book, and I have other plans for other books if all goes well and God's in the plan Hmm. as long as he's in his guidance.
0: Dean, a lot of people listening to us right now are looking to get their first book out there as well. Do you have any advice that you could offer?
8: I would say, yeah, before you submit your book, make sure you have everything done as far as proofreading of your story. Mm. Make sure your proofreading is done. And if you have to, have somebody else proofread it for you so that when you do submit it, it is ready to go, and you don't have to correct anything. And make sure if, you, if you're if you doing a kid story or even a regular book for adults, decide what kind of pictures you want before you submit it and decide what picture cover you want on the cover of the book.
0: Now, Dean, you've talked about your wife, Linda, being such a huge inspiration in your life. Who else inspires you when it comes to your writing or creativity or just your life in general?
8: You know, I think kids inspire me because, Kids are fun to read to and show pictures to, and they get excited. I saw some kids with books, and they they just get so excited about pictures and books and stuff. That inspires me also. But my wife is my main inspiration for everything. Mm.
0: The book is titled Sarah and the Scarecrows, A Family Secret. It's written by Linda Blake, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you go shopping for books, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Dean, thank you for coming on the show. I had a great time learning about the book, and hope you can get that next one out there soon, and hope we can speak again then.
8: Thank you, Corey. I appreciate your time.
0: I'm really happy to welcome back to the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Bon K. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining me again.
9: Thank you for having me again, Corey. This is great.
0: It is great having you back here. We are again going to Mr. McTavish for another book. This time it's Mr. McTavish Goes to the Hospital. So can you tell me about this story?
9: That's right. This is a second book in my series about the Scottish Terrier service dog who enjoys traveling with his owner, Gima, which I call her. She takes him everywhere and they have fun and gives him surprises when he goes because there's always some children involved.
0: Hmm. And again, what ages of children do you think would be best suited for this series?
9: I'm gearing it to the 3- to 10-year-olds, but I'm sure that most people will enjoy to have a new character who is a dog that's lovable. I hope they will enjoy the short stories from Mr. McTavish's point of view.
0: Absolutely. Now, have you planned ahead? Is there more in the series that we can look forward to?
9: Yes. I'm working on my third book in the series, which is going to be Mr. McTavish Goes to the Community Park, which I'm hoping will be finished around April.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Now, as the series goes on and you're writing more and more and you're getting more familiar and comfortable with the process, do you find it's getting easier and quicker for you?
9: Yes, it's a little bit easier than the first one because the first one was involved with getting the characters illustrated correctly. Mm. And now that we've got the main characters down, it's going a lot more smoothly.
0: Have you given any thought to maybe doing something a little bit different when it comes to writing and publishing in the future? Of course, continuing the Mr. McTavish series, but maybe exploring something else. Well, you know, Corey,
9: most people always say that they have a book in their head. (laughs) And I do have one of those, too, but I'm not sure whether I'm really into doing some sort of a novel or something like that. So I think I'll just continue with Mr. McTavish for now.
0: Mm. Now, it's obvious Mr. McTavish is a huge part of your life, a big inspiration to you. But who else in your life inspires you, Bonnie, when it comes to creativity or writing or just your life in general?
9: Well, a lot of friends and everything involved with getting me started and stuff like that. But mm. I think it was my dog, of course, McTavish. And then I had an interview or something with an online company that was giving out donations to teachers who are looking for funding and stuff like that, that they could have to help them get things for their classes all over the United States that they couldn't get from any kind of a school budget. And that was really the main inspiration for my very first book. And now I wanted to continue with that and giving inspirations like the second book with the Mr. McTavish goes to the hospital to help out children in a hospital setting.
0: Hmm. Bonnie, you're doing so much to reach out and to help people. What would you say is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author now?
9: So far, it's been the gratification from some of my friends that have bought the books for their grandchildren, of course. Hmm. Also, helping out with maybe the schools and things like that as we go along.
0: Now, I'm going to revisit a question that I've asked you before, but I know this is such a learning process. Every time you go through it, you learn (laughs) something differently, but What words of wisdom could you offer to the people who are listening right now who are just starting out and want to get published?
9: Well, like I said, everybody seems to have a book in their head, which I did. And um, I think the best way that I went about it was getting a hold of a good publisher, which helped me out with my ideas and overlooking the whole process for me, which I really appreciated. And if they can do that and have some support from their family and friends, I think everybody should have a good experience.
0: And could you tell me a little bit about what is so passionate to you, your love for service animals like McTavish?
9: I've always had pets all my life, mostly dogs. And Mr. McTavish being a Scotty dog was a surprisingly a very calm type of an individual. Very rarely would bark. And so oh. I had a very good inspiration from him that he is good with children and he can
0: give some encouragement to children to help others. I encourage everybody to check this book out. It's called, Mr. McTavish Goes to the Hospital. It's written by Bon K. and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere, of course, that you shop for books like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, like I said, everywhere. Bonnie, it was wonderful speaking with you again. Thank you for coming on the show again and can't wait to do it again.
9: Thank you so much, Corey. It's been my pleasure.
0: I love nature. And I also love reading poetry. And that's why I'm excited to be talking about this new book. It's called Exploring Nature Through Poetry. The author is Percy E. Mills, and I'm speaking with his widow, Mildred, here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mildred, thank you so much for being here with me tonight.
10: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell me all about Exploring Nature Through Poetry, which is Percy's work, and sort of how you brought it to life?
10: You know, his work is like a smorgasbord that serves up a variety for anybody. It would satisfy anyone's palate. It covers things for children, like Closing the Gap, and then even seasoned adults would enjoy spring. He would recite his work to anyone that would listen. Like he'd go to a festival and he'd just pick a random person and just recite his work. He did that for years. Hmm. was several decades, you know, in the making.
0: Mildred, how much of Percy's work has been released prior to this? Has the world ever seen anything he's created before?
10: Well, what happened a few years before he started exploring nature, he did do a story about the city of Pittsburgh.
2: Hmm.
10: It's a uh, piece of artwork, actually, that you can hang on your wall. It's called Jewel of the Night. Yeah, he had a gentleman that did the artwork and stuff, and it tells about how Pittsburgh used to be in the beginning and how it is now. Hmm. But exploring nature through poetry, it spanned several decades. There was only one poem in there that was written prior to the main bulk, and that was The Degenerate. And that was a true story. That happened when he was working on the police department. Oh, wow, And the date is actually on there when it started, what happened. Yeah, he used to work undercover. So he was used to having different get ups, you know, so people wouldn't recognize him, you know, hmm. that morning when he went out, there's a paragraph before it starts that explains what this is about they wanted people to get an idea of human nature. You know, how do people respond to people that are destitute? You know, people on the street and what have you. So this was right up his alley. What he did when he went to kiss me goodbye that morning, he made sure that I saw this big gash on the side of his face. And I said, oh, I know that didn't come from shaving. (laughs) Yeah, he had taken glue and pulled his skin out, and made this thing across his face. I said, "Wow, Oh, my. (laughs) But all this is explained in that poem, The Degenerate. I think people would find that quite interesting because that is really how people respond, you know. People will see themselves.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is truly an inspiring book. It's called Exploring Nature Through Poetry. It's written by Percy E. Mills, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Mildred, thank you for joining me here tonight. I had a wonderful time talking with you. Thank you for introducing me to Percy's work. I had a really nice time talking. Would you
10: like for me to share his favorite poem?
0: Absolutely. I'd love to hear it.
10: This is the one that was most requested. It was called Grave Dust. Feeling sad just received the news Grave dust will soon be settling on my shoes. One of my friends passed away. Just talked to him the other day. It could have been me. It could have been you. And there isn't anything that we can do. Be kind to your friends and family. You never know who the next one will be. Hug and kiss your little ones each and every day. And remember, they're listening to every word you say. Teach them good things that will sustain them in that day when grave dust settles on their shoes when you pass away.
0: Thank you, Mildred. Thank you, Corey. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books.